I think it's important to play out some of those scenarios, some of those what-if scenarios in your mind ahead of time so you can be prepared. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Well, hello and welcome in to My Retirement Clarity. I'm Ben George alongside Lee Perkins, owner and financial advisor at JL Perkins Wealth Management. And as you mentioned there in the open, Lee, we are going through some major life events today. And, and I guess everybody maybe doesn't want to think about a lot of these. Some of them are positive, but a lot of times they're, they're negative because they're just tough to, d- to deal with. But with these big events come big decisions. Yeah, the, we've always heard the, the saying, the, the one one thing that is constant is is change and helping people deal with changes that come throughout their lives is something that that we do and something that makes our job as a financial planning firm very important and, and it's really why I love what I do so much because every situation is different it's never the same thing even though the, the 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 challenge may be similar how you approach them and how you handle them is going to be uh, completely different. So, but but again, seeing the value that that we add when people are going through the highs and lows of of life, it's really fulfilling. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Is it tough on you going through these events too? I know I know you're not going through them firsthand, right? But you you built such close relationships with all the people you work with. Is it difficult going through these as well? Yeah, it really is because you kind of play out the situation as as if I was there. I mean, I had somebody in my office last week, and we were talking about a coworker that they had that they've known forever, uh, who passed away unexpectedly, got got sick, and passed away a week and a half, maybe two weeks after they retired. And they retired early because they were dying. And it just really hit this person hard. And you just start thinking, I, I just start putting myself in the situation and, and thinking, man, it is, life is precious and you just never know. So, uh, but, you know, that's one of the, I, I guess, one of the, the tough ones. But, you know, some of the fun ones is seeing people transition to the next phase of their life where there's all the the opportunity and the time abundance and time freedom that I can be excited with them too. So yeah, it's, 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 a, it's interesting to go through it with my clients. All right. So we'll discuss these seven life events today and, and talk about maybe some tips and some guidance to, to help you make decisions, you know, and maintain financial stability, which is a big part of this as well. Uh, as we go through today's episode, if you want to follow up with Lee afterwards, just go to talkwithlee.com again, talkwithlee.com schedule a meeting, right there through that website with him. And if you want to follow up and learn more about JL Perkins Wealth or go access all of our podcasts, go to MyRetirementClarity.com. All right, let's uh, let's begin on a, on a positive note, Lee. Marriage, um, a big life event, maybe one of the biggest days in, in most people's lives. But with that comes all the talk of the finances. Yeah, you know, I, I think who you're you're going to marry is truly one of the the biggest decisions that you're ever you're ever going to make. And and I think one of the the main things, I mean, we'll, we'll get to finances in a second. I think one of the main things that you you have to be, you got to make sure you're going to be on the same page from a religion standpoint. I think this is critical. Uh, I think you need to be on the same page about about kids. Or are you going to have kids? You're not going to have kids. Um, and probably 
I think nowadays you probably need to make sure you're on the same page politically. And, and this is something that I've never really thought about before. But if you're not on the same page politically, I think it could make it difficult going forward because society is going to sort of train you that the other side is always wrong. And if you're bringing that to a marriage, boy, it could really, it could really cause some, some, some big time issues. Not always. I've got several client couples who are on the opposite, you know, opposite side politically and they sort of deal with it. But yeah, that's, so it's not all about finances, but I know that's what we're talking about here. So one of the first things typically that newlyweds will, will ask is, is about combining their finances. And I'm of the opinion that if you are a younger couple, this is your first marriage, you should combine your finances. Unless unless there's something unique about your situation, I see no reason at all not to marry your finances. Um, I think this should really be a big part of any premarital counseling that goes on. Uh, we know that most divorces are caused by by money and money issues and money problems. So go ahead and address these things up front and make sure that everybody is on the same page. One of my best friends is a pastor here in town, and as a part of his premarital counseling, they they talk finances, and so I think that's a that's a, a vital piece of it. Uh, another thing that people ask me is about a prenuptial agreement. Should, should I do that? So, in my opinion, unless somebody comes into a marriage with you know tons of more assets than than the other person. I don't recommend a prenup, uh, especially for a, a young couple just starting out. To me, it's like having an easy button to get out of the marriage. So it's almost like you're kind of planning to get a divorce. And I don't think that's healthy to start out a, a marriage. So anyway, I think there needs to be a level of trust that if you're going to marry somebody, then, you know, we're going in this we're all in. Now, of course, this gets muddy in a second or third marriage situation, but we can we can talk about that in, in just a second, sort of in the, the next category that we're talking about. Yeah, no question. There's kind of a three parts to that process, but marriage is kind of where it all begins. And it, there's a lot that goes into it. And as you said, finding that right person, it's, it's one of the biggest decisions you'll make uh, just in terms of happiness and stability and everything else that goes into uh, and leave, leading a, a very good and enjoyable life. Um but for those that, uh, you know, maybe don't find the right partner the first time, Lee, there's always remarriage, right, as well. And there's some different decisions that come in here, right? Yeah, remarriages can can get a little bit more complicated than a first marriage when it comes to finances. It, sh- it shouldn't be this way, but I think the reality is uh, I'm going to look at the finances a little bit differently, especially if there are children from previous marriages, and, and of course, anytime an older person and, and that definition of an older person changes for me as I age, anytime an older person remarries, the sort of the antennas come up with the with the adult children, because the first thing they want to know is, hey, what's the motive uh, of this person who's now interested in my mom or my dad? And it's a it's a natural question to ask. And I, and I think it's a fair question to ask. And I know this is different for everybody, but for most of our clients who have remarried later in life, say in their 60s or 70s, nothing really changed from a beneficiary standpoint. Her beneficiaries are still her kids. His beneficiaries are still his kids. Now, I know there can be some some adjustments in this, but I, I just think the best thing to do up front is to make sure everybody is aware of what happens when somebody 
passes away because the last thing anybody wants is for something to sort of shady to go on. Maybe somebody's been around for a year or two and then go and inherit all the assets that were intended to go to their own children. So, you know, un- unfortunately, th- that happens. I-, I-, I hate to even have to address that, but the reality is sometimes people have sort of a less than pure uh, motivation. And and sometimes people ask me, they'll say, Lee, how do we handle the money coming in and going out once we're married? And whose money do we spend? Well, I will tell you what I see in a majority of the situations. They usually keep separate banking accounts for their savings and things like that, which which makes sense. But then they all have one joint account that they run the household budget out of. And so each person will have a certain amount of money coming into the account and then bills are paid out of that account as, as a couple. And I think that that's a healthy way to do it. All right. We're talking about seven life events that lead to seven big decisions, especially financially. Job changes is next. This is a category of, of people that you've probably been dealing with a little bit more as people have been kind of forced into early retirement or just kind of rethinking their career here through all the COVID stuff. But with job changes come a lot of things you have to think about financially. Yeah, and this happens more and more, like you said, nowadays, especially as companies are starting to feel the impact of of the economy sort of slowing down a little bit. I've talked to a lot of people recently who are, of course, they're, they're afraid they're going to be downsized. Uh, a lot of GEICO folks right now are, are facing this, that there's a lot of realignment going on with that company and people are sort of being pushed out the door and a lot of others are, are worried that they could be next and they're not really sure if they're ready to retire or if they're you know, they're going to have to go back to work at another job. So of course, if you're, if you're in this boat, whether it's with, with Geico or some other company, reach out to us and, and I'd love to have a 15 minute conversation with you. And you can do that by going to talkwithlee.com and you can grab a 15 minute slot on my calendar and I'll be happy to assess your situation and sort of provide a little bit of, of clarity. Uh, but even if you're here, here's one thing I would say, even if you're at a company where you feel like your, your position is pretty secure, it still makes sense to start planning because you never know when something could happen uh, that, you know, maybe would change your timeline on retirement. And I'm not talking about something just going on with your company where you're forced out. I'm, I'm talking about maybe a, a change in your health, a change in the situation with with your kids or maybe your parents. And it doesn't have to be negative. It can be anything. Uh, but what, what if your company offers you some type of buyout? And that that does happen. Several years ago, you know, it went on with federal employees and they were giving people money to, to check out early and, and retire. And, and a lot of those people had never really thought about retiring and had to make a decision fairly quickly. So I think it's important to play out some of those scenarios, some of those what if scenarios in your mind ahead of time so you can be prepared. Well, I know with with job changes too, Lee, there's a lot of uh, thought about taxes too, as you're kind of setting up your your checks and your accounts and and your retirement contributions and that sort of thing. But when you think about taxes, you got to always be thinking about tax planning and looking ahead. And and that's why we always offer on this show the opportunity to get your hands on one of Lee's books. Yeah, because we are firmly of the opinion that taxes will increase in the future. So if you think taxes are going to go down in the future, you don't, you don't, you wouldn't be interested in this book. But if you think they're going to go up, uh, I would say, hey, this will be a resource that you should, uh, you should get. And you get the book by texting the word "diffuse" to four seven eight four seven five twenty fifty. Give us a good name and contact information, and we'll ship a book out to you free of charge. 
All right, very good. And if you have questions for Lee, talkwithlee.com. You can schedule a call with him right there. All right, a few more I want to go through with you, Lee. Um, bringing in a new child into the family, right, whether it be through childbirth or through child adoption, either way, it's such an exciting time, right? And it, there's so much hope and, and so many dreams, but there's a lot of new expenses that come along with that as well. Exactly. And I, I don't really know exactly what to say on this one. It's been a long time since our kids were born and sort of the emotions that we faced during that was going on. But I'll tell you this, budgeting for a kid is impossible. All I can tell you is they're they're very, very expensive and they get more expensiver the older they get. Uh, you just got to be able to, uh, and willing to, to make some sacrifices going forward. And I'm not just talking about financial sacrifices. There's a lot of other sacrifices you'll make along the way just because of the new the new child. Um, and you can talk to anybody who's ever had kids before, and they'll tell you how their lives change. And I'm not saying that it's bad. It's just different. I, I can't imagine not having kids. And it, for us, it was one of the best decisions that we've ever made. But there are some really big decisions that, that follow that. And usually... One of the first things that happens when, when there's a, a newborn is grandparents want to start contributing to some type of college fund, uh, which is natural. Me meanwhile, the, the new parents, they're trying to figure out if maybe mom is going to stay home with the, the baby or go back to work. And then once they figure that out, they got to figure out where they're going to send their kids to preschool or do we do public school or private school? And if we do private school, where's the money going to come from? If if we're going to do public school, where do we have to live? So, you know, all those kind of things come into play. And here's a couple of decisions, Ben, that I think people don't really think about early on, but eventually you will. You're going to wind up with a, a new friend group because the social circle that that you run in is likely going to be built around the activities that your kids are involved in. Uh, and, which is fine. But as you learn more about people, you're going to find that not everybody raises their kids the way that you do, what it, whatever that means. But more importantly, they might may not share your same values. And so how you handle those things and, and how you, you know, you know, your kid is going to want to go spend the night with somebody that hey, you don't really, you know, you got some concerns about the family and you got to have some tough conversation. So yeah, a long story short, kids are complicated, they're expensive, but I, I wouldn't change our decision to have kids at all. And I know you wouldn't either. Yeah. You can't ever picture your life without them, right? Once, once you have them, you, you, you just kind of wonder what the meaning of your life would be without having those children. Yeah. It's such a big deal. Yep. And they are expensive to your point. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> yes. excited about the fact that you said they get more and more expensive. Uh, as you just, age, right? <laughs> just wait. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're, you're, you got young, yours yeah. young. Yeah. My, mine are older and expensive. Child, child care is pretty expensive at this age, but I guess the money just kind of shifts around from one party to the next, right? It so. does. It does. Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I hate taxes, and I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart, and you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So we've written a book called Diffuse, Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. You're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. 
Either way, the choice is yours. To get a free copy of the book, just text the word DEFUSE to 478-475-2050. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 478-475-2050. And we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. All right. I've uh, got a couple more I want to go through here with you, Ali. On a more somber note, the death of a spouse, something we don't want to plan for. But you know, if you're in, if you're in a marriage or have a, a partner, there's a good chance that you will have to maybe experience that. And, and with that come so many decisions that have to be made and, and trying to deal with the financial side, such an emotional time to do that. It can be overwhelming. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is one that I've had a lot of experience dealing with over the last few years. And if, and if you think about it, most marriages that, that don't wind up in a, in, end in a divorce uh, are going to end with the death of one spouse prior to the other one. You know, it's, it's rare that both spouses die at the same time. So that means one person is going to wind up having to face life without the spouse that they lived with for most of their life. And so this is why I always stress the importance of both spouses being involved in the, fi- the family finances. But I'll still tell you today, Ben, and I, I harp on my clients about this, probably half of the couples that come in my office they have one spouse who just sort of lets the other spouse take care of things. They, they trust them completely, and which is great, but sometimes it can leave them completely in the dark and, and potentially vulnerable if the other spouse passes away before they do because they have to try to learn a whole lot of things. And so this is why we try to encourage both a husband and a wife to come in for their annual review meetings. And, and most of the times they do, but still we've got a few couples that – they just have one spouse attend those review meetings and usually say that, ah, you know, my husband's not interested in this or my wife, she, she's, she's not interested in this at all. So, and I, and I get that. Um, I would have a f- very difficult time getting Pam to come in and sit down and talk with somebody about our finances. You know, sometimes just it's not a fun exercise, but it's a, a critical conversation that has to happen. So, I, one of the best things I would say that you can do for your spouse, especially if you are the one who is is involved, is to have some type of notebook or folder or some kind of book or a centralized place where you keep all of your financial information. Uh, and I mean passwords, logins, important contact information, you know, like your your CPA, your attorney, your banker, and of course your financial advisor. And we provide this to all of our, our clients. You know, we put that book together. We can't give them all the information to put in it. They, they have to be responsible for putting the information in there to make that, that client binder useful. But, but we try to do our best to encourage that. So anyway, the, the, these are the, those people that you put in there. Those are the people that the, the surviving spouse is definitely going to lean on uh, if their spouse predeceases them. So yeah, a lot of, lot of moving parts when there's a death of a spouse. All right. What about uh, parents moving in with you, Lee? This is a big event for for someone that's getting close to retirement, and you know they need to take care of their parents, which they they really want to do and are happy to do so, but maybe haven't prepared for financially. Yeah, we're seeing more and more of this nowadays. Aging parents. It's usually a, a widow or a widower who wind up moving back in with the kids, and what we're seeing in the real world is they they move back in, um, and of course it can take a a huge toll financially, but I think even more than the financial toll is the emotional toll that that happens to the caregiver. And and I've seen this, and Ben, you've probably seen it before too. 
people seem to age quicker than they normally would if they're taking care of, you know, their parent or their grandparent or somebody else in their house. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it's true, but physically when I look at them, I, I can see that. So, so of course what happens, you know, from a financial standpoint is once they move into your house, you may have to make some physical modifications to the house, you know, widen doors or all those kind of things. The house that we just, just built and moved into back in December, we made sure that we put in wide doors. We also have a spot in our garage where we could add a ramp just in case we need it in the future. And, and so we actually left room for the ramp just in case either of our parents need help coming inside of our house. Uh, we're not necessarily planning for them to come to come live with us. That that wasn't, you know, we didn't really accommodate for that. Now they certainly could. If they're listening, mom and dad, you're welcome to come, come, <laughs> come move in or or Miss Diane, Pam's mom. Um, but you know, we just we want to make it easier for them to to visit with us if if certainly if they don't age the way they want to and they wind up in a wheelchair or something like that. But again, part part of this whole conversation is not just limited to parents moving back in with you. We could also talk about adult children moving back in with their parents. And this is very common. Uh, as a matter of fact, man, the two things that I see most of my clients spend spend most of their money on is remodeling a house, meaning a bedroom or a, or a bathroom or a kitchen remodel, something like that, or financially supporting an adult kid, which you know, there, there's all kind of ways we could take that conversation from mm -hmm. an enabling standpoint. But my parents tell my brother and I all the time how grateful that they are that we actually have jobs. And so sort of a low bar of expectations, I guess, uh, because they see their friends who've, who've got kids that are in their, their mid to early 50s that are, you know, moving back in and, and mooching off of them. And so, yeah, that's not something that, that you want to do. No, it's not. All right. One last one here on our seven life events. Retirement, Lee. We can't uh, get out of here without talking about retirement. It is, again, one of the biggest events of your lifetime. And with that, plenty of decisions, which we often talk about here. Yeah, we can't do a show about big decisions without talking about one of the, what I think is one of the most important ones, and that is that is retirement. It, it's what we do, something that we help people with every, every single day. Um, so, for most people, and, and there's some exceptions to this, but for, for most people, there's a lot that has to be factored in to the decision before they actually pull the trigger and retire. It's, it's just not as easy as it was, you know, 25, 35 years ago. The, the world's changed and decisions that you have to make have changed. Uh, and, I, and I could probably do a whole show on what you need to factor in before you decide to retire. Maybe I'll, I'll work on a show for that over the next few weeks and, and dig a little bit deeper in, into details on this. But for right now, Ben, I think I'll just highlight a few things that need to, need okay. to be addressed uh, okay. sort of at a high level. And first of all would be where, where's the income going to come from, which means how do, how do you structure withdrawals from your assets that and then coordinate that with other income sources like pension or social security or things like that and then of course that leads into when do you claim social security do you claim early or does it make sense to delay it a little bit and you know how do you plan for the the death of a spouse when they lose a social security so that has to come into consideration and something i i talked about in a recent podcast maybe two months ago is is how, how do you fill your day how, um don't, don't underestimate the importance of 
having something meaningful to do when you retire. You, you can't you can't just play golf all the time. You can't play pickleball all the time. There's got to be something more or you could wind up struggling with, with your self-worth. And, and this does happen. It's pretty common. Uh, taxes is another one. Uh, how do you handle taxes in retirement? And for for most of the the listeners to this podcast, I would say eighty five to ninety five percent of their retirement savings is in a qualified retirement account, like a four hundred one k, a four hundred fifty seven b, a TSP, or an IRA. You're going to pay taxes on all this when you draw it out. So when taxes increase, not if, but when taxes increase, you're going to get less from every dollar that you pull out. So you got to Factor that in. Uh, and of course, something that we just talked about is how do you handle getting older from a healthcare standpoint, meaning who takes care of you when you can no longer take care of yourself because of just the natural process of aging and that, that gets really expensive. And then maybe you know the final one I'll touch on here because I know we're running short on time today is going to be how you invest your money in a way that ensures that it's going to be there for you when you need it. Uh, but more importantly, Whatever that strategy is, can you remain disciplined in both up markets and down markets? And a lot of people really struggle with this. So I know there's a lot going on here. And I, I want to I make sure that people know that they don't have to do this alone. They don't have to go at it alone. So again, you can connect with us by visiting the website, www.talkwithlee.com and set up a 15-minute phone call to discuss the challenges that, that you face. Very good. Again, talkwithlee.com. That is the best way to get on Lee's schedule. Now let's shift gears and talk a little bit uh, about some questions that have come in here, Lee, to the show and see what you think about these. I got one from Rob we'll start off with. He is in Sandy Springs. It says, our company just got bought out and there are rumors that most of us are going to be offered an early retirement offer. What do these offers normally include and what should I be doing, if anything, to be prepared? Yeah, Rob, I don't know what company you're with and, and how that buyout is going to be structured, so I can't really give you any specific details. But I, I would tell you this, though. If they're going to give you some type of buyout, and, and I've seen this happen, uh, where the buyout is added to your last paycheck. So l- let's say it's $25,000. And like I mentioned earlier, we saw this with federal employees several years ago. They were offered a $25,000 buyout. Be prepared to have a huge chunk of taxes taken out of that final paycheck. And so for most of these people, they saw a net of, you know, between fifteen and seventeen thousand dollars. So for a lot of people, it was an overwithholding. So they got some of it back come tax time, but they were really shocked at the amount of taxes that were withheld on that that last paycheck. So just be aware of that. So you know, good good luck with it. I hope you get the buyout if that's what you you want to want to get I know it's kind of scary when your company changes hands uh, like it sounds like it's happened to your situation a lot of uncertainty there but best of luck to you yeah best of luck to you Rob all right David is in Panama City says I'm positive that I have more than enough money saved to last the rest of my life there's just no way I could spend it all not bragging I just find myself in a very blessed position so is there any advice you'd give to somebody like me or can I just coast my way through life financially speaking? Yeah, so this is a pretty common theme, and a lot of our clients are sort of in the same position. And I had a similar conversation with somebody recently, and what we decided to to do, and, and we agreed that he and his wife are never going to spend all their money or even come close to it. What we decided to do was go ahead and set up monthly distributions so that the money shows up in their checking account every single month. And the, 
his or, or their thinking was, hey, if it's in the checking account, I got a much better chance of spending it than if it's just sitting in in their their IRAs, sort of out of sight and out of mind. And I've done this before for people, and it really works well. So, you know, I, David, I think this is something you might want to try. We are very good at that in our household. If it is in our checking account, it is going to be spent. My my, I can't say it's just my wife and my two kids, and I will throw myself in there. We are world-class spenders, so if it is in there, we will spend the money. So, again, I'm not saying go out and spend money haphazardly or on just crazy things, but give yourself permission to spend. And, and I would say this is a cool thing to do. Keep a, keep a roll of $100 bills in your pocket and give one to a waitress every now and then just as a tip. Do, do that and see how it changes how you think about money and how you can really be a blessing to other people. So thanks, David, for, for your question. I appreciate you listening to the show. Yeah, and it's all about uh, being able to use that money to help others out if you can. And it's great to be in that position. And we appreciate you reaching out and asking that question to us. If you have questions for Lee, just visit MyRetirementClarity.com. You can find out everything you need to know about J.L. Perkins Wealth Management there, plus get some great tools and uh, resources that, that Lee offers. But also the easiest way to get on this calendar is TalkWithLee.com. You can do that by visiting the site right now. All right, Lee, we'll close it out on that note. Uh, I know some some important conversations to have today. I'm glad we did, and we thank you for your time. I appreciate it, Ben. It's been a lot of fun. Take care. Thank you for listening to My Retirement Clarity for Lee Perkins over at JL Perkins Wealth Management there in Macon, Georgia. I am Ben George. Have a good week. Lee Perkins here, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you like our podcast, we would be honored if you would share the show with others. And one great way to do that is by posting the show to your social media pages or by just telling others about it. Either way, we would really appreciate it. And of course, if you do enjoy the show, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review. And this certainly helps other people like you find our show. And if you want to learn a little more about our firm and how we help people have the best retirement they can possibly have, Go check us out at www.myretirementclarity.com. There are a lot of great resources that you can access directly on the website. And of course, if you want to have a conversation with me, you can visit www.talkwithlee.com and this will take you directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a 15-minute phone call so I can learn a little bit more about your situation. Of course, everybody is not a great fit for our firm, but if I think we can add value and put you in a better situation, I'll let you know, and we can certainly talk about the next steps. So thanks again for tuning into the show, and we'll catch you next time. Investment advisory services are offered by J.L. Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.